Hello. Are we all here this time? It's not promising. This is Idle Curiosities, a search-driven podcast by Jason Hellman and me, Emily Rose. Music by Yuri Beats and art by Katie Rose. It is a Christmas miracle. And speaking of Christmas, it's ah. the Idle Curiosities Christmas special. We got rid of our Jewish host and it. Just us Christians. Finally. <laughs> Someday we'll hear Jason's thoughts on Christmas movies. Well, we should be able to get him back on the podcast, I think, this week. So we'll see. Yeah. I guess real quick, I should introduce, we have Bethany Sparkle back. Hi. And Bethany's brother, Joel, together, they are the Sunday School Cinema Podcast. We are. True. Joel, can you introduce yourself since this is your first time on the show? That's right, it is, yeah. Uh, I'm Joel. I think you covered that, though. <laughs> we did. Yeah. We've been there. Also, I assume the background noises are his dog nipples. Yeah, no, I was going to say you may hear my dog in the, in the background. She's she's uh, she has a lap. Actually, you know what? I'm going to take her collar off because her collar is what's causing most of the, the jingling. And that should <laughs> oh, help. Sure. That's true. Well, see, I was just going to say, you know, if if people don't like the sound of the dog, then they can just turn it off because, I mean, dogs are great. So it's true. But Accurate. No, I, I took your collar off. I think that'll help. So. Okay. <laughs> you may have just heard her yawn, but. So our movie for tonight is It's a Wonderful Life, which I understand you two have watched but haven't discussed yet. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> No, you, you just recorded your episode, right? Uh, we recorded it like a week and a half ago or something. I just finished editing it, though. Um, Nipples Caller makes some appearance in that, too. Uh <laughs> She's a, a regular feature, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, actually, I think it was a really good conversation. Joel and I went back and forth on uh, how we were reading Patriarchal Expectations and It's a Wonderful Life, and... Uh, yeah, it was fun. I don't know. Yeah, it was a good one. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to rewatching it so that I can listen to your episode because I don't think I've seen it in full since. I mean, I must have been a kid last time I saw it in full. See, I think that's the case for a lot of people because you know it's it's one of those movies that gets played on TV all you know mm -hmm. all day every year on Christmas and stuff. So people see bits and pieces of it, but it seems like a lot of people haven't actually sat down and watched the whole thing possibly ever or at least since they were young but it's actually a legitimately really great movie so it is. see as a kid i remember thinking it was boring as shit so yeah i mean as a kid i think it, it's it's really not i mean it's not not kid friendly but it's not really aimed at kids i i could yeah. i could understand most kids being pretty bored by it but this time i cried a lot i think for the yeah. i have watched it as an adult but not in probably like five to ten years um and i do not remember crying at it before um but i definitely did this time which i think means that i'm getting old but also it is legitimately a, it is legitimately a really really good movie with a few parts that don't age that well but we will discuss that in depth on mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah obviously we get into that yeah yeah i'm sure i'm sure uh in the meantime we did actually watch a movie that is aimed at kids we watched klaus on netflix Sure. Um, if anyone isn't familiar with Klaus, it is a 2019 animated film uh, that Netflix made. It's Sergio Pablos's directorial debut. I don't know much about this guy besides the fact that he's been an animator in the industry for a really long time. Yeah, I don't know anything. And I guess about he him. did this story for Ugly Dolls. Oh, 
well, I never got around to watching that because it was supposed to be bad. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think I ever saw that one either. I, th- I think he was an animator with Disney uh, for a while, like in the last days of their hand-drawn animation stuff. Yeah, it looks like he was a character designer for Hunchback of Notre Dame, Goofy Movie, Hercules, Tarzan, Treasure Planet. Yeah. So a good run. Yeah. And Emma and I have both seen this before. This was Joel's first time. Yeah, I have seen it before. Yeah. So, Joel, first impressions, what did you expect going in? Um, Well, I I had heard pretty much all good things. I remember when it came out last year, I heard a lot of good things. I just never got around to watching it. So I was really looking forward to it. You know, I I like the hand-drawn animation thing. I like it's it's nice seeing... uh, any animated movie that looks a little bit different from how they all look now is is a nice change. Yeah, without the whole DreamWorks effect on it. <laughs> exactly, yeah. So I was definitely looking forward to it. I will go ahead and say it did not live up to my hopes for it. But <laughs> oh, no. I think I, I'm, I'm going to end, I know, I think I'm going to end up being the naysayer on this episode, even though I did not dislike it. I liked it more than I disliked it, but it was not what I hoped it would be. I do need to reference your Letterboxd review because... When I watched it last year, I just really loved it all the way through. When I watched it this year, my first thought was, man, this guy is really doing Cusco. Yes! Yeah. No, there's there's a lot of Emperor's New Groove in this movie, which is not a bad thing, but it's, you know, it, it would have been nice to see something a little bit different, I guess. I mean, I love Emperor's New Groove. It's one of my favorite Disney movies. I don't know why I didn't see that last time. Like, I don't I remember that coming up last time. But when I watched it this time, I was like, oh, holy shit. Why is this just the Emperor's New Group? <laughs> it's right from the beginning. I mean, it's the very yes. first time he's introduced. He's like the lazy yeah. rich guy who's just totally scornful of everyone around him. And yep. Even vocally, like a lot of Jason Schwartzman's performance sounds like David Spade. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Agreed. I'm glad we all got there because when I saw your review on Letterboxd, we were like... Uh, Santa Claus's new groove or whatever you said. Like, yeah, I, I don't remember exactly what I said, but yeah. My first thought was, well, I'm glad someone else saw that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I was, it was to the point where I was genuinely like, how the fuck did I not see this last time? What was yeah. I doing? I don't know. Joel was ahead of us in this way. <laughs> last year, I was just enamored with a new original Christmas movie. Yeah, I was watching a lot of Christmas movies last year. Last year, I decided that I was going to I went through like Rotten Tomatoes top 50 Christmas movies. I did not get through all 50 of them, (laughs) but I got through like 20 or 25 of them. And I rewatched a lot of stuff or watched for the first time a lot of stuff that are like classic Christmas, whatever, and mostly came away from that experience going Christmas movies are all terrible unless you have nostalgia for them. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of that. There's a lot of that. Yeah. Because like I re- like I rewatched Home Alone that I hadn't seen since I was a kid and I fucking hated it. And I watched uh, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation for the first time and I fucking hated every second of it. And I watched uh, Scrooge for the first time since I was a kid. Hated it. <laughs> like, Although, to be fair, you hated that one as a kid. I too, did. Didn't you? I really did. Yeah, that, I remember that. No, well, that's yeah. what I'm saying. There was no nostalgia. And then I watched a few other, I don't know, there was like a the best man's wedding one or whatever that was a Christmas one. The one what? Just, like black ensemble cast. Once it's not Tyler Perry, but it seems like it should be Tyler Perry. Like it's like that. Sure. Kind of, and that was just 
weird. It was like a soap opera that should have been longer, but also I didn't want it to be longer. Um, <laughs> honestly, the most recent Christmas movie that I have like, well, I mean, this year there was Jingle Jangle, but before that, the most recent Christmas movie that I was like, oh, I will rewatch this and in fact have rewatched it was The Night Before, which I think is fucking great. But I feel like it's... I still haven't seen that. You I, Thank you for bringing that up because I've been forgetting to watch it. And I had actually forgotten what the name of the movie was, so... <laughs> Forgettable title, to be fair. Um, yeah, I remembered but, that you were a big fan of it, but I, I have not seen it. Yeah, I was. I rewatched, I rewatched it last year, and I rewatched it again this year with Mona and Jess, and I still really enjoy it. It is a really fun movie, and I recommend it. But, like, yeah, for the most part, I feel like most Christmas movies are terrible. I don't think Klaus is terrible. I think there's a lot good about Klaus, but I just hadn't realized it was Emperor's New Groovy. So maybe last year when I watched it, I was just so relieved to see something I didn't hate. Sure. No, I think that's fair. Yeah. (laughs) See, my favorite parts of Klaus were all based around like the town dynamics with the kids. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, we don't need to go through this movie narratively, do we? Because I'm assuming anybody listening to this has already seen it. They don't need to know the whole narrative. Yeah, I don't think we need to walk through it all. And we don't have Jason here today. So Jason can't (laughs) fucking make us. No, there is no one to get us on track. This is just a wild all over the place episode. Like, I loved the kids throughout the movie. Mm-hmm. They are drawn very expressionally. Oh, what? I don't know what the word is there. They're drawn with a lot of expression and they are drawn like as the heart of the movie. Yeah. More than any other, anything else in the movie, I think the kids really drive it. I mean, sure, the the teacher girlfriend, the character of Rashida Jones's character is fine, but she doesn't really feel like the heart of the movie to me. She kind of seems like an afterthought to me, yeah. honestly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like she has some fun moments, but overall, I didn't find her super compelling. No. I mean, I forgot she was a character for like half an hour of this movie because she kind of disappeared. That's fair. Yeah. And J.K. Simmons as Klaus, great. I liked him. Sure. I mean, but great he's voice. so yeah. stoic. He's so stoic that he never feels like the heart of the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jesper, Jason Schwartzman's lead character, he's fine, but he's the protagonist and he's a bit of a shit throughout the entire thing. Even when he's at his best, he's a little bit of a shit. Well, yeah. Mm-hmm. He's just all snark all the time. Like, he can't. Yeah. <laughs> Every once in a while, he has a real feeling and, like, panics. Yeah. So, yeah, it was was entirely the kids for me that drove this movie. Yeah, they were very good. I I mean, but let's not forget Joan Cusack doing her very level 100%ist. I just love Joan Cusack. It's fine. (laughs) I mean, yeah, Joan Cusack is always great. Yeah. Um, Just wanted to throw her out there. One thing that I thought that I'm, I'm curious to know how you two felt about it because one of the things that was it's not inherently a problem but i feel like in this case it was it was a bit of a hang-up for me i don't think this movie feels like a christmas movie what like (laughs) i i know that seems strange since it's literally like the origin story of santa claus but if klaus was named tom i don't think it would ever have occurred to me that this is supposed (laughs) to be a christmas movie like there's so you're saying it, You're saying that the story finger on it's just it's, the story it's, about distributing gifts <laughs> in an icy wasteland to on children <laughs> on one day of the year. I'm talking I'm talking specifically just about the tone and feel of it. And it's a very intangible thing. It's not something I can nail down, <laughs> but it did not feel like a Christmas movie to me. Maybe I'm the only one here. Don't but. you die on the hill that Die Hard is a Christmas movie? Because I don't. Yeah. <laughs> 
Of course, Die Hard is a Christmas no. movie. That's a stupid conversation. Fuck off. <laughs> no, you cannot say that Die Hard is a Christmas movie because of tone, and that Klaus is not because of tone. That's fucking there, insane. No, there's 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 Christmas music in the soundtrack of Die Hard. It's a Christmas movie. It's not. No. There's Christmas music in the soundtrack of Klaus. Is there? There's some fucking weird music choices in Klaus, but I don't. It's soundtrack by default is Christmas music. <laughs> because it's a Christmas movie? Yes. <laughs> this this actually gets into another complaint that I had about the movie. Was there, were some, there were a couple of song choices that I found very weird and I did not care for them. But Hit me with it. What, 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 what did you not like? Do you remember specifically? So it's been, it's now been about two weeks since I watched this movie. So I'm starting to get a little bit foggy on some of it. But there was this one song in particular that I actually looked up. It wasn't a song that was written for the movie. It was an existing like pop song by some like Norwegian <sighs> pop singer Zara Larson yeah that was the one I thought the song was terrible and seemed very out of place in the movie didn't seem to fit the tone of what was happening it certainly didn't seem Christmassy well I'll be honest with you I'm looking at that song right now and I do not remember it at all <laughs> okay <laughs> maybe I'm the only one that it stood out to I don't know it it did, it felt very out of place to me and I didn't I didn't really understand why they chose to put it in there well I think that makes its point for you I'm trying to do my best to remember any song or musical moment from the movie, and I don't, but that's not unusual for me and doesn't really speak to the movie. Uh. <laughs> I don't even know the composer who did the score, so that's something. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. This is the guy who scored All Roads Lead to Home and You Shall Not Sleep. Okay, so not the... <laughs> no idea. Oh, he's he's Spanish. Oh. And he's done oh, okay. primarily Spanish films. Okay, mm -hmm. that makes sense. I'm not moving past you determining that Die Hard is a Christmas movie and this is not. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I, no, 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 no. I didn't say this wasn't a Christmas movie. I said it doesn't feel like one to me. But you mm -hmm. feel like Die Hard feels like a Christmas movie. <laughs> When you watch Die Hard, you feel like Christmas. Yeah. Whereas watching this has transitively turned The Emperor's New Groove into a Christmas movie <laughs> for me. <laughs> I mean, he puts the goddamn Santa hat on the dead body. Of course, it's a Christmas movie. <laughs> I just don't think we... What? <laughs> No. See, you know, it's it's funny because I I mean, God, I don't know how, how much time we need to spend on the is Die Hard a Christmas movie conversation because that's been done to death. But I would say based on the Internet forever. Uh, <laughs> see, this is the thing. I feel like last year the consensus was the consensus on the Internet was it is so stupid that people are still having this discussion about whether or not Die Hard is a Christmas movie. Of course it is. Let's all move on. And then this year, the that same conversation is happening again, except it's the other way. It's, I can't believe people are still talking about this. It's obviously not a Christmas movie. Let's move on. And I don't understand why that's, that flip happened between last year and this year, but I'm still, I'm, I'm still holding the same ground. I, I think it's a Christmas movie. Is it movie. possible that you have just started following better people? <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think I've, uh, I, like, I mean, I suppose I follow more people now than I did last year, but I don't think I've lost a lot of the people from last year, so that wouldn't explain it. <sighs> anyway, I'm looking at uh, the Academy Awards from 2019, the animated feature. The nominees were Toy Story 4, How to Train Your Dragon, The Hidden World, I Lost My Body, Klaus, 
and The Missing Link. I watched all of those things. Which one ended up winning? Was it Toy Story 4? It was Toy Story 4. Always it was Toy Story 4. Always yeah. fucking Pixar. <laughs> well, not always. Which I, I would say Toy Story 4 earned it. Like, they really worked hard for it, and they earned it with a movie that didn't need to happen, but ended up being incredible anyway. I like Toy Story 4 a lot, too. Incredible? We're gonna die on Incredible? It was fine. <laughs> I think I might have given it four and a half or five stars. I loved it. Definitely did not do that. I spent a lot of Toy Story 4 saying to myself, it, who is this movie intended for? Because some of the messages of the movie seemed very depressing in an adult for small children. Um, it was intended for me. I would say maybe it was just intended for people who grew up with Toy Story. I also have never been as like enamored of Toy Story as a lot of people. So I, I like them, but nah. And whatever. I feel like this year there wasn't... What did you say? I lost my body missing Link. Then. Yeah, I lost my body. It was way too indie to ever yeah, have had a That was thought. never going to win. <laughs> yeah, that's there. They there's always one of those in the best animated category. There's always one that's like kind of an oddball, often like a foreign thing or something. Right. This year it'll be yeah. this year it'll be Wolfwalkers, um, which should which should win, but won't. Which I can't wait to see. It's it's good as hell, but yeah, I I, I doubt it'll win. So good. Have you watched the other movies by? them um uh i don't know who made this they're called cartoon saloon they're an irish animation outfit they did uh the secret of kells and um uh song of the sea was the other one. Oh. and i have like as i was watching wolfwalkers which i just did two days ago um i had like i was like watching it and i had the same thing with song of the sea although i think i, I think we were lucky enough to see song of the sea in theaters but i like distinctly remember when i first watched secret of kells i think it was with joel and it was like nothing I had ever seen before. I was like fucking hypnotized. <laughs> it was the most beautiful thing. It's it's almost like uh, it's uh, the style of it is almost like stained glass or something. Like it's it's super cool. Oh, I'm so. I think we have to. I think that was on our list, wasn't it, Joel? I yeah, no, we'll we'll get to it. Yeah. So we'll get to talk about it eventually. But um, <clears throat> and this new one. Well, I'm wishlisting it now. You should. And this new one is also Wolfwalkers is also so great and also more gay than I expected. So yeah, there's a little bit of that. Yeah, a little bit of that. I, you know what? I am watchlisting the top four movies from the studio: Kells, Wolfwalkers, Breadwinner, and Song of the Sea. I have not seen Breadwinner yet. I, oh, I did see Breadwinner. It was good. I, I didn't. Um, I didn't love it quite as much, but it, it was definitely good. I missed it during the one week that it was in theaters. And then I just kind of got bitter about the fact that I missed it when it was in theaters and I never bothered to. <laughs> I was I was actively bitter that I was not watching Wolfwalkers in theaters. Like, I was just like, what the fuck is this nice? I could be could be getting distracted by corners of this beautiful screen. Yeah, that would have been something. Yeah, I'm, I'm still extremely sad about all the movies I haven't gotten to oh see in theaters God. this year. Mm -hmm. Yes, so sad. So sad. I swear to God, someday I'm holding out hope that this ends and theaters reopen and I'm just going to the goddamn theater and not leaving until it closes. I don't even care what I watch at this point. <laughs> oh, we will yeah. all be forced to watch Tenet whether we want to or not. <laughs> yeah, Am probably. I a bad and petty person that I feel a small surge of joy anytime I hear someone or see someone say something <laughs> negative about Tenet? <laughs> like, no, no, time? I get it. <laughs> I get it and I am on your side. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's that's the real like irony of the whole situation is that apparently it's just not a very good movie. No one has just made himself out to be the villain so hard through this entire thing, oh. which we all knew. <laughs> I just, I just, I mean, yeah, I don't even feel like it's like about Nolan for me anymore as it is about Nolan's fanboys and my like lack of patience. Um, like whatever, 
re his whole thing, uh, like his whole statement about HBO Max or whatever. Like, I definitely think that that artists should have control over their work. He's just such an asshole. (laughs) Yep. I like agree with him in principle. Yeah. Just like you have to understand that it's a pandemic year and things are going to be different. So roll with it. Yeah. That doesn't seem to be happening. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, that's okay. He's, he's never been told he has to change something he does since, you know, the first Batman came out. Yeah, probably not. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Not a great space for a white man to be in. No, (laughs) (laughs) but yeah, um, no, we will probably all end up having to watch Tenet. But at this point, I literally had a moment when Dr. Doolittle showed up on HBO Max where I had a flash of regret for not going to see Dr. fucking Doolittle in theaters <laughs> because I could I will have been never in watch theaters. That. I won't either now. I'm just saying. <laughs> the only reason I would want to watch that at all is that Kumail does a voice, but that's not enough. No, no. not at all. No, it's it's terrible. I'm certain it's terrible. I just like the level to which I miss theater. I'm like, why didn't I spend every second in one that I could? What a fool I was. So that's where my life's at right now. Anyway, Klaus, which is a Christmas movie, uh, <laughs> was watched by 40 million members over its first four weeks on Netflix. Yeah, I never really trust their numbers on those things. Yeah. 40 million people started it, which means that they let the cursor hover over it for five seconds and it started playing on its own. <laughs> right. Watch is a load bearing word. Yeah, exactly. I doubt it will be a movie that I watch like every year, but I can see every few years being like, oh. I feel like kids would love it. I don't know. I don't. I, I only know three children. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like I feel like my nieces, like I know they do watch movies, but mostly they watch like like Barbie animated series. Yeah. And, like stuff like that. Which, by the way, the Barbie Nutcracker is way better than it should be. I have heard that in general, the Barbie animated stuff is way better than it should be. It's just yeah. like that ugly fucking animation. With the <laughs> oh, it's not pretty. No. And I just never watch it. But I have actually heard in general that Barbie is like subtly radicalizing the children or something. Hmm. That's fascinating. I had not heard that. Is this like the, the Lego movie things like they should by all rights be terrible but they're actually entertaining as hell like a little bit yeah huh. yeah fascinating yeah I, i've heard a lot of positive and barbie is also like cross crossing their stuff with like online vlog like vlogs from their characters and stuff <laughs> and some of it's like weirdly progressive right like huh. the one that was going around twitter a few weeks ago was barbie talking to one of her black friends and having this like intense and meaningful discussion about racism and how barbie as a white person should deal with racism <laughs> and like honestly it was very good <laughs> so did you know that greta gerwig is making a barbie movie sure didn't starring margot robbie is it, this is the live action barbie movie that initially had what's her name it was it was initially supposed to be um that fuck what's her name the comedian who she did that movie train wreck oh um fuck amy schumer yeah amy schumer it, when they initially announced it it was supposed to be her and then it kind of got kicked around and she dropped out and now it, it has reemerged, i believe as the margot robbie thing i don't remember i didn't remember that greta gerwig was doing it i cannot imagine amy schumer in a barbie movie that does seem odd doesn't it and i think everyone kind of agreed that that was the case but i don't think it was greta gerwig initially i don't know when she joined on but i mean obviously that's more interesting but the highest rated Barbie movie on Letterboxd is Barbie as the princess and the pauper. It has 3.8 stars, (laughs) but 
the highest star rating percentage wise is five stars with 31% of people giving it that. Hmm. Huh. Weird. <laughs> so, and once we're done going through every Airbud movie, do we then have to progress? <laughs> I mean, we could. <laughs> I am not going to lie that I have definitely had moments of being like, what if we just kept watching weirdly large series of direct to video things? Uh, One of the top reviews just reads, they were gay and in love. Jot that down. <laughs> okay. Sorry, I mean, I'm so, not, you know, <laughs> I'm not not sold. I don't... It has Martin Short. So what? how bad could it be? I mean, eh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't feel like Martin Short has had like a hundred percent batting average. No, no. <laughs> um, but good to know. Oh my god, the guy who directed it, William Lau, has directed one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight Barbie movies, one Hot Wheels movie, and five Monster High movies. And that's it. Uh, I am just learning there are Hot Wheels movies from that. So. Yeah. Uh, there's a Hot Wheels World Race, came out in 2003, and it stars the same voice actress. Who does Barbie? Oh, all right, then. Top review, five stars. Greatest fucking movie of all time. <laughs> wow. Huh. I cannot help but be enamored by this type of thing. Oh, no, I mean, same. And I never want to watch it by myself because that's no fun because then you're just no. like, then you're just like the one person who's obsessing over this very obnoxious thing um, that no one else knows what the fuck you're talking about. But if you're like two or three people doing that... <laughs> <laughs> exactly it's not better for anyone else but it's better for us <clears throat> joel joel is not as fascinated as us by these types of things he uh was uh horrified to learn that you two had agreed to talk about air <laughs> <laughs> i mean yeah i don't i don't know why anyone would do that to themselves like <laughs> i mean it just sounds like fun i mean i guess but you know you know there are a lot of good things that are also fun right <laughs> It's the same reason that I'm watching through Baywatch right now. All right. I mean, teach their own. I just, I just don't, I don't get it, but. Well, you are not invited to our Airbud podcast. Well, I guess I'll, I'll get over it. Although I will say on the subject of Airbud movies real quick, the first movie that my brother and I ever went to see in a theater without parents, like just the two of us was... Airbud two. Really? That is, yeah, that is, that is my uh, my one my one uh, addition to the the Airbud dialogue. That's uh, what led to that. I don't remember. I mean, I wasn't there clearly, so I don't remember this at all. I mean, we'd seen the first one because we were stupid little kids and we thought it was good, so we would see the <laughs> second one. <laughs> I mean, I think that was the whole story. <laughs> You're the only person in my letterbox friends list who has seen Airbud Golden Receiver. That is not surprising. Yeah, I mean, I, I would assume you have better friends than that. So, <laughs> okay, so I, it came out in 1998. So I was I was 14, so I definitely wasn't going to see Airbud Golden Receiver. But <laughs> yeah, so I'm blown away by Tim Conway's career. Was Tim Conway in that? Yeah, he's one of the leads. I definitely do not remember that. I would have had no idea who he was at the time. <laughs> <laughs> See, I think I know him from uh, the Apple Dumpling Gang. See, we saw some of those as kids, I, I know. But, I mean, I don't know that I would have recognized him by the time, you know, yeah. those, those were quite a bit earlier. 
Apparently he has 130 acting credits, so... Mm. Good for him. Not, not too picky, I guess. That's like <laughs> a lot of voice work and uh, things like single episodes of the Wizards of Waverly Place. Oh, good for him. Out there working, doing his thing. He did a lot of Hermie and Friends. Did you two ever watch Hermie and Friends? This is right now is the first time I'm ever hearing of that. Yeah, it was uh, Max Luciano's animated Christian series about oh, bugs. No. Oh, no, oh, I missed no. that one. <laughs> well, apparently Tim Conway and Richard Kind were the main voices for it. Huh. Oh, my weird. <laughs> I, I don't know what else to say about that. That's just weird. <laughs> Hermie and Friends. So it's like a Bugs Life ripoff. Maybe. Jesus. But there's a lot of them. Yeah, that's what, what the anime. That's what it looks like in the animation. I don't know. Okay, so it it ran in it ran from 2003 to 2010. I was 19 when it came out. Yeah, I guess that I would have been a little old for that by then too. Yeah. That's... Well, if, if we're looking for yet another podcast, <laughs> <laughs> dude, I would. I would love to make Jason watch like random episodes of like of fucking I don't know has he watched Veggie Tales has he watched McGee and Me right <laughs> I feel like after maybe ten of them his brain would stop melting every time but <laughs> but it would be really funny until that happened yeah he's definitely still in the point where it really breaks his brain yeah. Yeah. Jess lets my nieces watch VeggieTales Silly Songs. Um, yeah. And then they're like, but isn't there more? And she no. <laughs> <laughs> that is the correct way to do it. Yeah, that's that's probably a good call. Everybody wants a water buffalo and nothing else. Dude, Eric and I watched, rewatched The Grapes of Wrath one, like, last year or something. I don't remember why. Something brought it up. And I had not seen it. Probably had not seen any of them probably since I was a teenager. And I was like, absolutely in shock at how fucking basic the animation was. Oh yeah, no, it's real that bad. that is real not what I remember. Yeah. It's much <laughs> like worse I, than it felt like as kids. It's much worse and I had like filled it in different. It reminded me of when okay, so, um, you know, the Switch just released like all three of the Spyro games this year and like updated them all in the background and whatever um, so that that they look pretty and then you could buy them and I did and uh, when I started playing it I was like well this can't be that different because apparently in my brain I had just filled in all of this detail and I like looked up pictures next to each other on the internet and I was like there was nothing there it was just like green blocks or grass mm -hmm. huh. it was like that <laughs> yeah I mean it's uh, it's amazing how fast that stuff ages and you know Oh, speaking of stuff that's aged quickly, with all the news about Spider-Man, the third Marvel Spider-Man movie coming out, and all the absurd casting choices that they're doing, we were like, okay, we'll start over from the beginning and watch the Tobey Maguire ones. Right. Not great. Oh, no. <laughs> Interesting. I haven't, I haven't rewatched those in years. <laughs> the Green Goblin's armor particularly has not aged well. Yeah, are you talking specifically about the digital effects haven't aged well, or like the design as a whole? Everything, yeah. Like, because yeah. we've seen how well Marvel has perfected superhero armor. Yeah. And the Green Goblin's armor, it's too shiny, and it's super clunky, and it looks like a rich person bought a sports car <laughs> and tricked it out. <laughs> more than a supervillain made it. Be because that movie predates the current wave and stuff, every, uh, superhero movies then were a lot more like like outright comic booky. I mean, everything was oh, yeah. gaudier and 
bright colors and all that. And it all looks a little bit cheesy now. But, yeah. Um, I'm going to put a picture of Old Spyro versus New Spyro in the show notes channel so that you can see. (laughs) (laughs) Joel can't see because he doesn't have Discord up, but... (laughs) I'll get over it. (laughs) I think I showed these to you when I when I first found it out. Yeah. I just, it's like, I mean, it's partly fascinating to me because I'm just like, oh, like this is just question mark how my brain works. My brain was just like, no, that was a normal thing. There was nothing, um, there was nothing weird about that. And now, I don't know. I mean, it's expectations too, right? Like yeah. What we expected animation to look like at the time. Well, I remember like as a kid when Doom 3 came out, I was blown away by how good those graphics were like i was showing <laughs> screenshots of it to people being like can you believe that this isn't a photo this isn't a photo and mm-hmm. you look back on it now and you're just like oh this looks like utter shit this is yeah. really really bad <laughs> yeah uh, yeah no it's not great it's not great but the point is veggie tales were terribly animated but also i think it would make jason's entire brain go insane well but see so it, it, to to bring this back around, this is one advantage of a hand drawn animated movie, <laughs> because because you don't you don't get this kind of, I mean you know, fucking, uh, Sleeping Beauty still looks incredible. However, I do think that there were some moments in Klaus that looked really weird. I, I can I could go with that. It looks weird. I could buy that. Yeah. Specifically at the beginning when they're going through those rows of houses with the camera. It looks super digital Hmm. and like everything's hand drawn, but I think it was like, I think it was placed into a digital space and then they moved the camera through that digital space. Probably. Yeah. And Mm. that looked a little unsettling to me and I didn't like it. Mm. (laughs) Not a fan. Mm -mm. Well, yeah, you, I mean, I think that's, I think when you do get hand drawn animation these days, I I think you usually have some stuff like that just because the, yeah. The the ability to to have like camera movements in actual hand drawn animation is really limited, obviously. So you can sort of fix that by putting them, you know, cr- creating a digital space for it and moving the camera around within that. But it it is not always seamless. Yeah, I constantly think about those like stacks of cells that they used to do, where they would move the camera through the stacks of cells to create depth. Mm-hmm. And I that's such a timeless idea, and it worked so well. That I would love to see anybody still use that technique nowadays because I I don't think it's financially feasible. Probably not. No. But I would love to see what it would look like if somebody really dedicated themselves to doing that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, probably the only people who could really afford to do it would be Disney. Uh, you know, maybe one of these days they'll do it just for the laugh, I guess. But maybe they'll uh, start doing animated remakes of all these live action movies. <laughs> <laughs> I would, honestly, I would love that. Or even they could go back Wait, to some of their old live action movies. Let's go back and do. Let's go back and do animated remakes of Old Yeller and yeah. Herbie and. Oh man, <laughs> that would be great. Honestly, actually, I would watch animated Old Yeller. I want to know what that would be. Yeah. Hmm. Joel and I. I had never seen Old Yeller before. Oh no! Um, because I mean, I knew what happened. Like I. And that's why I hadn't seen it before. At some point, my mother came home and brought home Old Yeller for us to watch. And I was like, no, why? Why would I do that? And so I didn't. And so Joel and I, when we started watching through all of the Disney movies, which is a project that's been kind of put on hold for a while now. But um, yeah. but at some point we watched Old Yeller um, and 
I just didn't think it was that great of a movie. <laughs> yeah, you both gave it two and a half stars. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was it was pretty on par for their their old live action stuff. Honestly, most of it is not that good. But. No, it has the it has the cute children in it where you consistently have to be sad because, you know, they ended up like dead in a gutter. One of them literally did. I can't remember if it was one of the kids from that but movie. This is uh, the same guy that directed Mary Poppins and Bedknobs and Broomsticks and The Love Bug and The Absent-Minded Professor. Yeah, I mean, you know, they just had they just had a stable of people that they cranked out these movies with. This guy's track record is so good. And then shit like Old Yeller and Johnny Tremaine. Yeah, the Johnny Tremaine one was pretty bad. Oh, oh the Johnny Tremaine one was really bad. <laughs> oh. I don't even which which one oh, fuck which one even was that Joel was that the one with the the kids and the Revolutionary War yeah that was the one with the set during the Revolution and yeah okay yeah no that one was boring Bethany I'm going That's to read it. I'm going to read your review verbatim okay. <laughs> oh God so boring I will be so excited to get past the fifties on this project <laughs> I'm so sick of these sorts of movies two stars <laughs> yeah there was a lot I of stand that. by it. <laughs> in the 50s that were like these live action movies that they were I mean like by today's definition they weren't exactly cranking them out but by like that defi- like that yeah. period's definition they were I mean they were doing at least a couple a year and most of them are so forgettable and so boring and often very offensive <laughs> <laughs> It's just, it's not great. We did get out of the 50s before we put all of this on hiatus. I think we were into the early 60s. I believe so, yeah. It's been a while now. I think the last one we, I think the last one we watched was Pollyanna. Oh, I love that movie. Does it hold up? I also love that movie. I still like it a lot. I was obsessed with that movie as a child, particularly because of who I am as a person and how I was extremely dramatic and loved the idea of like everyone being worried about me. So like when she falls off the tree and like (laughs) the whole thing, like that was etched into my goddamn subconscious. I still like watching it. I was like, I know every single motion that happens. (laughs) See, I was really attracted to the idea that you could, you really could just fight for joy and manifest joy into being. idea of be- like i was not a pollyanna type of kid but i wanted to be a pollyanna type sure. of kid because it seems like that's what that's what made people love you <laughs> it's depressing but it's true um i also liked the book a lot and i mean pollyanna was definitely one that i felt like should have been should have been a little more syrupy or like come across as a little more syrupy than it did for me there were some of those like little lord fauntleroy is like fucking unreadable <laughs> uh- <laughs> This, like, angelic child with golden <laughs> curls. It's terrible. Um, and even, like, a little princess is a little much. Um, but for some reason, I connected harder with Pollyanna. And I personally think it did hold up. Joel didn't like it as a kid. I was going to say, Joel, you're being suspiciously quiet. You know, I... I so... <laughs> I hated that movie as a kid. It was always one of like I think we owned it. It was one of the ones that we owned on, we on video on VHS. <laughs> and but it was always one of the ones that like Beth would sometimes push to watch and I was always like, No, I don't wanna don't wanna watch that one. It's so boring. And it's like two hours and ten minutes. Yeah, it's really long by their standards. Most of their they're like ninety to ninety five minutes and that one is so yeah. long. And to be honest, I don't remember if I felt differently about it when I watched it again like six months ago because it didn't really. I mean, I <laughs> these days I really like Carl Malden as an actor. He is a sure. classic film actor that I love. So that probably helped. That would not have been that would not have been there for me as a kid. So that probably helped. I don't remember if I liked it overall any better though, honestly. 
So that doesn't seem I like think... a good sign, but No, it doesn't. You have it at one and a half stars. Okay, there you go yeah. then. Yeah. Yeah, so he left it there. I think that if you liked it as a kid, you'll probably still like it. Also, it looks beautiful. Like the costumes are so cool and like Well, I remember like the fair or carnival or whatever that was. Mm-hmm. I remember that being enchanting. Is it still? Yes. Good. I thought it was enchanting. Good. <laughs> I don't remember. I mean, that. like maybe not quite as <laughs> enchanting as I thought it was when I was nine, I'll, but like I'll tell you what's you not know? good though. The movie poster for it on Letterboxd? Yikes. <laughs> If I saw that movie poster, I would run. I would not watch that movie. <laughs> I gotta look now because I don't. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> it's really, oh, no. really bad. That's unsettling here. Yeah. Terrifying. Also, it looks like she died. Mm-hmm. It didn't. But... <laughs> <laughs> I. <laughs> Were you into Anne as a kid, Em? I'm sorry, was I into what? Anne, Anne of Green Gables? No. And I'm still not. I... Melanie loves it, but not me, no. I. I was obs- like Pollyanna was like secondary to Anne. I okay. fucking worshipped Anne. There were years into my adulthood where I read all eight books every single year. Um, it was like which I actually connect Pollyanna and Anne quite a bit in my head. They both have sort of this like you know they've gone through a lot of trauma and tragedy and whatever, but they still have this kind of like this imagination and this like upbeat, you know, beautiful way of looking at a world that isn't always so beautiful. And it makes people love them. And also Anne was so fucking dramatic, but people didn't give her shit for it. And they still liked her. Uh (laughs) (laughs) I can't imagine why you would relate to that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying there are like entries in my journals, like into my teens for sure that clearly start out like, in, like that I am taking from Anne where like I start like a new journal and I'm like oh what a beautiful blank book I can't wait to see what I'll write in it like this is all just like it's not quite word for word but like it's fucking close yeah <laughs> I get it also the later Anne books are honestly the best books and it was one of those series I kind of grew up with like different books appealed to me at different points sure. in life also I read all five of Ellen Montgomery's uh, collected journals and I have a lot of thoughts about Ellen Montgomery now <laughs> <laughs> I have read hundreds of pages of her journal. Beautiful. Yes. Anyway, Uh, that has nothing to do with Klaus. Sorry, Jason, we miss you. But uh. I was going to say, I think I think we're absolutely failing at discussing this movie, which is fine because we all watched it over a week ago. We were supposed to record on Thursday. It's currently Sunday. My internet got real fucky on Thursday night, and after three times of getting disconnected while trying to record, we just decided, you know what, this is a sign, so we abandoned ship. But that means it's been forever since any of us have watched it. Well, also, we were supposed to record like a week before that. Oh, that's right, so yeah. I think it's been Yeah, weeks. I had watched it for, before that scheduled uh, recording. That's right, so. on the 10th we were scheduled Yeah, it's been almost recording. two weeks. Okay, yeah, but then I had a mental breakdown, and I was like, I don't think I can do this. <laughs> <laughs> Relatable. Fair, Relatable. Yeah. It's it's not worth that. Yeah. <laughs> worth that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I still, I do like the kids in Klaus. What else did I like in Klaus? Um, uh, one thing that I enjoyed in Klaus, because I, I feel like I, I let off with a bunch of stuff that I didn't like about it. And I, I do want to be clear that I did like it overall. So I don't, I don't want to leave 
that conversation on that note. I thought one thing that I thought was kind of cool and fun and creative was the fact that apparently the postal service is like the military in this world. And they have like this they have like this uh like the West Point for postmen. Yeah. <laughs> it's all very like regimented and they have this hierarchy of officers and all this and they send off postmen to the remote regions to explore and stuff. That's something that's interesting to me is that it seems like it's a global post service right it doesn't yeah it doesn't seem like it it is really uh it doesn't really fit into the world as it actually is it's kind of a it's one of the things about this movie that's like sort of the manufactured world of it but i thought it was pretty cool so if ever there was a good time in our history to have a movie that's celebrating right exactly yeah no that's exactly where i was going with that is that yeah it, it coincidentally ended up being very well timed that it came out before all of that i also felt when i rewatched miracle on 34th street i had forgotten that there was a whole section of them praising the postal service mm-hmm. uh, oh yeah that movie goes hard like, Yep. The great state of New York will fully endorse that there's no no agency like the Postal Service. Yep. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's nice. Everyone go watch Miracle on 34th Street. It's still a perfect movie. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. Um, so, yeah, movies that, that um, support the Postal Service. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Um, like I'm obsessed with Joan Cusack and everything and I just feel like she I love it there's so many times where just it's clear that she's having such a good time and I, feel, I felt like that in this she was also in a Netflix movie from I think last year called Let It Snow hmm. um, oops uh, that was like this like uh, I don't want to put it next to Love Actually which I understand is a bad movie but which is a better movie than Let It Snow oh wait no I watched Let It Snow yeah, it's not great. It, it's in fact, it's uh, not at all good, actually. But <laughs> but Joan Cusack plays the tow truck driver who wears a tinfoil hat wherever she goes. <laughs> <laughs> it's just she's just like doing a thing. And I love her. There's no point to that. I just love. Her. So I, I reviewed it. And my review of that one was, I fucking hated this, but it's a teen movie and clearly not meant for me, so I won't give it a star rating because that would be unfair. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it it is, I suppose. That's true. It's intended to be. I I definitely did not let that stop me from... (laughs) I didn't hate it, it sounds like, as much as you did. I I gave it three. I mean, I feel like (laughs) Shanique Moore was the only good thing about that movie. I just, I, you know, the girls kissed. Uh, that was nice. Uh, <laughs> I don't expect a lot from my Christmas. Ooh, but Christmas movies, a Christmas movie I watched this year is not great. It's not like a classic by any means. But as I have been watching Hallmark original Christmas movies and other like random ass Christmas movies this year, one that I enjoyed more than a lot of those was the holiday calendar from two years ago that has black leads, which is cool. And it's a dumb movie. I'm not <laughs> she gets like a magical advent calendar from her grandfather and then she ends up figuring out who she's in love with by the end. It is exactly what it is. But I thought they did a nice job with the pieces. So if you're looking for something like that, it's there. I just looked at the director. Mm-hmm. This dude loves Christmas movies. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> Gotta find a niche, I guess, if you can. Honestly, I, I envy anybody. Anybody with that kind of clarity of purpose in their life. Sure, yeah. <laughs> okay. 
Okay, that's... Are these Hallmark ones, the Easter eggs? I'm not sure. They look kind of Hallmark-y. I don't know how you tell from Letterboxd. I don't know that you can, but... Uh, if you go into details, you can see the studio. Hideaway Pictures. Hideaway Pictures. Huh. Anyway, I also watched The Holiday this year, and yeah. I don't recommend that one. I didn't like that one at all. I really don't like Emma Roberts. I feel like she, like, looks like Julia Roberts, and therefore there's, like, some sort of, like, recognition factor, but I don't think she has a good vibe at all. Interesting. I'm not sure if I've ever seen an Emma Roberts movie. She was, she, they tried to do a new Nancy Drew with her. It was really bad, and part of the reason it was bad is because I really didn't like her, but also it was not. Fair enough. Oh, she was in, to bring it back around, Ugly Dolls. <laughs> <laughs> Ugly Dolls to not be terrible because it had animation that was similar to Trolls and I really loved the animation of Trolls, that like tactile sure. thing. But then all the reviews for it were very bad and so I did not go see it in theaters and so I never went to see it, alas. Yeah, well, it is what it is. <laughs> I have to think that a kid's movie is going to be really good to go see it in theaters because in order to because to do that you have to sit through 25 minutes of kids' trailers, which is a special form of torture. <laughs> I love trailers. I don't. But so many kids' movies are so bad. When I when I go to the theater, I put in noise canceling <laughs> headphones and I turn them up as loud as I You're can. One of these, so I don't have to listen to uh, the trailers. I fucking love trailers, and without theaters, I don't know what I don't know. I have any idea what's happening or what's coming out. That's why I listen to film podcasts. Is this a spoiler version thing, or do you just not like them? It is interesting. It's a spoiler. Okay, version. Yeah, I've I've never I've never been quite that. Uh, I, I'm kind of at a, these days. I don't I don't generally seek out trailers, but if I'm in the theater and they play, I'm happy to watch them. So if it's a movie that I know I'm going to see anyway, I will not watch the trailer. Interesting. Okay. Okay, but every once in a while, the trailer's better than the movie. <laughs> it was like that for it's part two, for sure. Y- yeah. Oh, it was definitely like that for it part two. Oh my god, that was not that good. It was awful. <laughs> And the trailer, the first trailer with her in the house was so good. Right. My hopes were so high. Yeah, we went to go see that one on opening weekend, and like we all walked out of the parking lot and hadn't said much. And Joel was like, "Well, no, no, hold on. We, we we had said a lot. We talked for like an hour about other things, and then as we were kind of all breaking up to leave, I was like, w- wait a minute. So can we we all agree that that movie sucked, right? Like, <laughs> this is <laughs> no. My my favorite part of that movie, I guess, spoilers for it, chapter two, if you haven't seen it. But my favorite part of that movie was definitely where the the group bullied the monster to death at the end which was such a weird <laughs> and so stupid Stephen visually. King <laughs> is so bad at writing endings yeah, I haven't read the book so I don't know how well it I mean the that's book, true yeah I don't I remember mean, Stephen King is definitely bad at, at writing endings but that's no yeah. excuse I mean it, it had plenty of other problems too but <laughs> They could have done it different. Uh, I do sometimes think about them bullying the clown to death, though, um, and it makes me laugh. Yeah, no, it's it's objectively funny. I, mean... <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's not what we were looking for. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. And they had that whole, like, really, really fucking graphic abuse scene at the beginning for no goddamn mm-hmm. reason. No reason. Like, it... <laughs> Yeah, they didn't even use it for anything. Yeah, the husband never came back or anything. That was what I was expecting. But nope. Nope. One time Bill Hader touched her arm or something and she was like, ah, she had horrible bruises on it. And he was like, well, that seems not great. And then we never <laughs> talked about but you it could, again. You, even that, you could have had that without the scene of her actually getting beaten. Like, <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, that was... Uh, was and there, then there was also the, uh, the homophobic hate crime right at the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that kind of, I guess that fit into other 
plot elements, I guess, but it was still... Sure, but... But, like, other problematic... Yeah, no, they went real hard on that, and, yeah. <laughs> and they made What's-His-Face gay, and it was, apparently if he came out, he wouldn't be able to be in his career anymore, which I'm not saying that never happens, but it's not that... Co- it just felt like it was consistently, like, set in the 50s. Yeah. Anyway, so we can all agree that Klaus is pretty good, and It Chapter 2 is terrible. <laughs> 